I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. Now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Radio.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're on Megaphone through the C-Suite Network. Now, also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. You can see it right there on the bottom of your screen. The easiest way, KramerandBrill.com. All the links are there. Well, the Super Bowl is ready to roll. And while most regular season fantasy leagues are done, there's still a lot of fantasy and money leagues going on through the Super Bowl. So we'll take a look at all the playoff games and each week. And that's what we've been doing. And of course, now we're coming to the Super Bowl. This week, we have a special treat for you as it's our annual Super Bowl preview show, along with my co-host and friend, former Bears and Lions quarterback, Eric Kramer, joining us once again, as he did last year, former NFL quarterback, Rodney Pete, and joining us this year is former Rams quarterback, Vince Ferragamo. Gentlemen, welcome to Kramer and Brill. For the first time in 55 years, a team has a home field advantage with Tampa Bay at home for the game. There's so many storylines here. Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl, home field advantage, the Andy Reid factor, the repeated Mahomes factor. Uh, I mean, the storylines are myriad. So uh, welcome, guys. Uh, before we take a look at how we did for you last week, uh, share some thoughts for us. Well, I think uh, – well, okay, I'll just jump in. I just think it's a, a – to start off with, I would say no way did I see Tampa Bay going into Green Bay and winning this game. And Green Bay's looked so good, and yet the uh, the Buccaneers were able to do it. And then, of course, Kansas City, what a thrill that was to watch that offense go to work again. And uh, I think we got the stage for a great Super Bowl. Well, I'd have to echo the same thing, Eric. As I was watching that, that Green Bay game, I, I just kept talking to – you know, my buddies, Zach and Slater and I were both watching the game saying, you know, Green Bay's got this game. I mean, this is the, the way those receivers are running wide open. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great second half. And, you know, it just surprised the heck out of me that, you know, they were able to not come away with a victory. I mean, they had the chance at, you know, to, to go for the touchdown and they elected to kick the ball for a field goal. They they had the fumble recovery, returned to the six-yard line. They gave them seven points there. And then at the end of the first half, Oh my goodness. You know, they, they, they beat him deep for a deep pass. And, you know, those things can't happen, Rodney, in, in an NFC championship game. I mean, those things, when those things happen to go against you, when you look at the stats, you look at Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, you say, Oh yeah, Packers won that game, but it sure didn't happen that way. Yeah. I, I'm i I'm a hundred percent with you, Vince. I, I think that you, you look at that game and I was, I was thinking green Bay is going to run away with this thing. And then, you know, you look at it, and Eric and I knows, and Vince, you know, uh, Eric and I played in Green Bay when it's been 30 below. So they <laughs> caught a break. They caught a break by by the weather, first of all. But I, I went in saying the only way Tampa wins this game is if they're able to sustain drives. And what they did in the first half, having 10 play, 8 play, taking time off the clock, and then finishing those drives with touchdowns, um, was impressive to me. I think they were three for three on that first drive on third down, uh, which was big for them. But you're right, Vince. The play at the end of the half, that cannot happen. I, I mean, you, that is what you're taught in Pop Warner at the end of the half where they have one play left. You cannot let anyone get behind you. And they did that, and it, it just gave Tampa extra momentum going into the second half. Now, granted, Brady, he didn't play well in the second half, but yet the Tampa Bay defense was able to shut it down and not allow Green Bay to take advantage of those turnovers in the second half. Yeah, Shaq Barrett was, was pretty much awesome. He, 
he's kind of repeating the kind of play he had the year before. You know, he was he was applying a lot of pressure to the quarterback, and he uh, he made a, created havoc back there. And I think that's one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers didn't run for it because I think he felt pressure from behind, and maybe he thought Shaq was right behind him. So, you know, he threw the ball and didn't complete the pass. But yeah, a lot of big plays went the went sideways for the Packers. That's for sure. I think Kevin King, actually the cornerback for Green Bay, worked himself yeah. on the Buccaneers payroll for this game. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely because he gave up the touchdown to mike evans early exactly. in the game too yep where he let evans get behind him as, as well um but what do you guys think on on the fourth down call don't you got to go for it don't you got to give aaron rise a shot to go for it on fourth down but well, a lot of reasons gonna have to get a stop at the end anyway they're gonna have to stop him anyway why not go for it and there's no guarantee too ronnie that you're gonna get the ball yeah. back I mean, if right. you give it to Tom Brady, I mean, you know, that's one guy you don't want to give the ball to in a four minute drill. Uh, so, you know, and I, I think the three points to get a little closer, you're still five, but you're still one score away. It's not as if they're two scores down and they have to get the field goal. That's a different story. But if they score the touchdown, they come, they convert the two point play, then it's tied up. Then it's anyone's game. But yeah, I don't know. Looking back on it, it was a little mysterious why they caught why they went for the field goal. Yeah, I agree with you. And and the, when if you go back even further than that, when St. Brown dropped a two point play earlier in the game, they hit him right in the chest. Yeah. They wouldn't have yeah. needed to convert a two point play at the end of the game. So it's just yeah. a lot of situations obviously come up, but uh, given the situation where they had a chance to go for it on fourth down, you know, like uh, um, Lafleur said after the game, you know, you. When things don't go well, you look back and say, well, yeah, I should have gone the other way. Well, I mean, obviously, we can all say that now. But in the moment, obviously, that's what he thought was the right thing to do. But if I if <laughs> if I was calling plays and yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers was my quarterback, I think I'd at least give him a shot there. Yeah, that's true. I think, Eric, that yeah, it's always easy to second guess. But, Rodney, yeah, you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers, MVP of the league. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Eric. You know, go, go ahead, Aaron. Call the two plays. Let's get it in here. You know what to call. I mean, this yeah. is go get it. And and like you said, Vince, they still they're still down five, so they still have to get a touchdown in, yeah. in order to win the game. It's not like they could kick the field goal to put them within one or put them in within two. That that a field goal again wins it for them. They still have to stop them, and then mm -hmm. go score a touchdown. So to me, it was just at the moment I was even looking going. I got the MVP, as you said, and and now I'm going to turn it over to a guy that's been to the Super Bowl nine times, and and hope that we can stop him and get the ball back. It just to me in that moment, I, I think you got to give it to the guy who you're paying, who you who you got there with, who is the MVP of the league, and say go win us the game. You know, I think that other game too. You know, uh, Eric and I last week were talking. We like Josh Allen. He had a strong day, 287, 88 rushing, but it was Mahomes all day long. And we weren't sure if Mahomes was going to play. And he did. And as Eric predicted, uh, too much Travis Kelsey with uh, 13 catches yeah. and touches. And I predicted too much Tyreek Hill with nine catches and 172. That, that, that game was just, you know, went as it should have. And everybody expected it to. And believe it or not, uh, you may remember this from last year, uh, um, uh, Rod, that uh, I told you that last year, Eric predicted at the beginning of the year that it was going to be Kansas City in the Super Bowl. And Ooh, Eric. he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, as I mentioned earlier, before we started, my son's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, lifelong. <laughs> so 
what kind of dad would I be not to predict them to go through? <laughs> you know, I, right. I, I, I guess I'd be remiss if, if not mentioning the fact that so few of us figured back in August we'd ever get this far. You know, COVID looked like yeah. it was going to kill the season in total, but here we are, right on schedule. I mean, uh, you know, I've been to five Super Bowls on the opposite side of where you guys are as a reporter. It's a crazy week especially media day, which is Tuesday, but all, also all week long. And I got to ask you guys about your impressions of the week leading up to the game. You've all been there around it. You know, Vince has been there in the game. Rod, you've been in the game. Uh, well, you've been at the game with the team. Uh, and Eric and, has been there for many of the games. The week leading up to it, the, it's got to be crazy. I know what it's like from my side of the ball. But what about your side of the ball? Well, I, I'll take the first lead on that. Uh, you know, it, it, Today's game is even more hyped. You know, there's so much more media coverage. There's more media stations. It's a worldwide event. Um, so everybody's coming from all around to interview players throughout, throughout the week. When I played, yeah, it was starting to be a big thing. You know, there was a, the media day and two or three days leading up to the game. But then after everything settles down, you know, it's still it's a matter of preparation, I think, Bob. And so it's a little distracting at some point. But, you know, that's a great thing to have two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl because I like the two-week period. It gives more teams uh, time to prepare for their opponent. Actually, the result will be a better and more interesting and fun Super Bowl to watch when both teams are more prepared. So um, I like the extra week, and I think it's great. It's just great for the fans, too, because it's uh, it continues to build the hype for the big game. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. The two weeks, why they ever – started doing that in the past. And I don't think they went back to that. It's been a while since they had one week in between, but you definitely need the two weeks, two weeks to come down from reality that you're actually going to the Super Bowl, And then that week, just to prepare yourself for going down there. And I think everyone will tell you, and Vince, you played, I, I was uh, in Carolina as a backup on, on that team, but just knowing that you had to get your tickets straight, the hotel straight, all the family members straight, all those things that you need to take care of, before you got to the actual city were important because one thing you wanted to try to do is try to keep it as much of a routine as possible during the week of the game, which is hard because there's so much going on around you, but it, it was exciting to be there. But I, I can remember it just took forever for Super Bowl Sunday to arrive. And I guess a, a question for, for Vince, what was it like being in the same city? having that Super Bowl in the city that you played in. That, that must have been even doubly difficult in terms of requests and demands on your time. Well, you know, the request for tickets was was a big deal because a lot of my family, of course, being Italian, you have a lot of family that want to go to the game. So, but it's so funny, though, because we were given 30 tickets and we were supposed to be given more, but we didn't find that out until we went to Super Teams. And my wife was talking to Franco Harris's wife and saying, you know, wow, it was great to have 30 you know, season tickets or season tickets for that game. And she goes, girl, what are you talking about? You're supposed to get 60. She goes, 60? We only got 30. So the night before the game, Jody calls me, and I, I can't answer her call. She wants to know where her ticket is for the game. So they, I don't know how they got in the stadium, but her and my dad sat right behind Tony Danza and Danny DeVito, <laughs> biggest Pittsburgh fans. And they were just screaming, kill that sucker, kill that quarterback. And my wife would tap him on the back. Wait a minute, boys. That's my husband out there. You're yelling. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bird. We'll take it. We'll calm down a little bit. Well, at least I mean, we're, we're sitting behind DeVito could see. What's that? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's a real t- that you know, being Italian myself, that's a real Italian connection, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, oh god, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta help out the family any way you yeah. can. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Second largest crowd in Super Bowl history. That was a big crowd. It was it was fun though, yeah. actually, Rodney. To you know, as a kid growing up, and you know, being in Southern California, you always want to play in the Rose Bowl. And yeah. as a kid growing up, that's just that's just the mindset you have. And I never got a chance. That's why I went in the Pac-12 to play. At the time, it was the Pac-8. But, um, you know, I never got a chance to play in college in the Rose Bowl. But for the Super Bowl, we got to play at the Rose Bowl. We didn't play at home. Like Tampa Bay will this week. They'll get to play in their home field. Right. But, you know, it was it was a great thrill to play in that Rose Bowl. Man, I tell you, that was a memorable experience. Great game. And a great team we played, too. It was awesome. In case you just joined us, uh, we're uh, doing our uh, Super Bowl preview show and uh, along with my friend and colleague, uh, Eric Kramer, uh, NFL quarterbacks, Vince Ferragamo and Rodney Peter with us today. So, guys, let's talk a little bit about the game. Let's go first offenses, the KC offense against the Tampa Bay defense. Who wants to lead off? I'll take that. I, I know that KC uh, has really been the same offense pretty much all year. Um you know, and we saw it this this past week against the Bills, and that's put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. He sits behind one of the best offensive lines in football. They got more speed than anybody else, and they don't rely on their running game all the time, but they run it enough to make you honest as a defense uh, to respect the run enough so that they can get the work the play-action game in. And, you know, every now and then they'll – you know, fake a run one way, and like this last game, hand it to McCall Hardman and have him run reverse where he gains 50 yards and breaks you open a little bit. Or they'll run the Travis Kelsey somehow misdirection shovel pass to the goal line. And I think they, Andy Reid is such a good inventive play caller, and they have all the pieces to execute. Um, you know, it's like they've whatever got whatever position you're talking about on their team, their guy's better than your team or the guy on your team. And I just think that watching that offense to me operate is just a fun thing. I don't know how Tampa Bay's defense, although they can, to me, they are the story of why Tampa is in the Super Bowl. It's their defense, how they're going to be able to defend this offense. I'm not quite so sure because it's not like you can load the box and stop the run. Uh, it, the bigger question is, can you stop Mahomes in that passing game? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. And I was watching it, I'm, you know, and sitting here talking about it with you two quarterbacks, how fun would it be to play in that offense? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, just having, having that, those weapons that you have, it, it's just unbelievable. And, and Eric, you said if they, they don't run it a lot and they don't rely on the running, a running game, but they run it enough to keep you off balance to make sure their play action game works. But as we saw against Buffalo, which is a very good defense and have been a very good defense all season long, you can do everything you want to do and say you're going to do going into the game. We're going to we're going to stop and we're going to double Tyreek Hill. We're not going to let him beat us, and he still gets open. We're going to double Tyreek Hill, and what happens? Travis Kelsey catches 8,000 balls and, and, and goes off. They got so many weapons and so many players that can beat you. Hartman, I mean, it, it's just – and then you've got a guy – pulling the trigger that can make every throw, every awkward throw. He's not Lamar Jackson running around, but he can move around enough to buy an extra second or two, which allows, you know, the fastest receiving core in the league to get open. There's no way and no defense in the world that can cover those guys with the extra time that Patrick Mahomes gives them. So 
I agree with you, Eric, that Tampa Bay's defense is the story of the playoffs for them, but how they stop this offense, to me, there's only one way, and it is kind of similar to what they did with the Green Bay, is, is having long, sustainable drives to keep that offense on the sideline and limit the amount of attempts that Patrick Mahomes has. Well, I'd have to uh, say the same thing, Rodney. Those are those are great points, but we're all quarterbacks here, uh, Bob. So I, mean, I think we always <laughs> look at the quarterback first. And you know, quarterbacks have to be great in this game, not just good. They have to be great. Both quarterbacks are very capable of producing and delivering a, a home run blow to their opponent. But I look at the the quality and the makeup of the player. And when I look at Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if you guys saw in the game. They were down nine points. And yeah. you look at the sideline and you saw Patrick Mahomes. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. We got this under control. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. That reassurance and that confidence that comes from the leader turned that whole thing around. I mean, that happened to him last year in the, in the uh, divisional playoff game. It happened again in the, in the AFC championship game. They came back and they scored the next, what, 38 points. I mean, they can run off points so fast. And Rodney White, Andy Reid, I mean, they have their intuition about play calling and, and creating new different wrinkles each week is what makes that team so special. You have a quarterback that can pull the trigger and almost do anything you want. Now, I saw his injury. I knew he was going to be running to the right a lot more than he would run to the left, but they still can't stop. They can't stop you. They, it's it just like, how are you going to stop this offense? It's If they're, if they're going to get in a shootout with you, they're going to win. I mean, but yes, Tampa Bay's got a pretty good defense, but their secondary is not very good in my mind. So I, man, I, I, I see a hard, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a blowout more than anybody else thinks, but I, I really like Kansas city. Well, I got two I questions here. Two questions. Number one, Tyreek Hill and the sweep to the right. Every time they need a yard, doesn't matter what it is. The one yard, two yards. We saw at the end of the first game, and we saw it in in, in a key position in the in in the, yes in the game against Green Bay or the game against um, Buffalo. He lines up on the left. He sweeps to the right. The ball gets hiked, and it's a roll to the right. How do you stop that play? It's one yard, a flare out uh, to Tyreek Hill, or a handoff to Tyreek Hill. Is that stoppable? Even though you know it's coming. You know, Bob, you, you have to stop that play before it gets, it gets started. But you can't because of the motion. They use a jet motion. So he's running full speed before anyone's get taking a step forward. So not only is he fast, he's got a jump head start on everybody. And, you know, you ask, I mean, the only way somebody could seep through the line real quick, but that's about the only way you can stop a play like that. My second question is, why do you even have Le'Veon Bell on this team? <laughs> it's always got to come back to a stealer or former stealer for sure. No. <laughs> I mean, the guys, you know, is is Le'Veon Bell a factor at all anymore? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, if you, he wasn't so he, Sunday, no, right? Not at all. So if you look <laughs> at what made him great in his prime, it was everyone talked about how patient of a runner he was, but he also had that elusiveness and that, that hit it part where it doesn't look to me like he's got that quite like he used to. And I, he's older. I think, I don't know. He's obviously not with the Steelers anymore. So I think somehow that window of his prime is now gone in that way that I don't think he quite has the burst that at one time he did have. 
So, and, and I think, and I think also that, you know, when he was with the Steelers in his prime, you know, he was getting it 20, 25 yeah. times a game. So yeah. it, it was like, I'm, I'm setting you up, setting you up and setting you up. And then I, I'm going to bust one for 30. I'm a bust one for 40, you know, in, in Kansas city, he's not going to get those touches like he does. And, and you know, I like a lot of those running backs. They love to break you down, break you down, break you down. And usually it's the second half where they're gaining all their yardage and he doesn't have the same opportunity. And it's a different type of offense in Kansas city than it was in Pittsburgh. So you guys are all telling me I need to cut him from my fantasy team next year. <laughs> yeah. He's not the featured back anymore, Bob. That's a problem. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Tampa Bay's offense against the KC defense. You're on. Well, I think this yeah. is where, you know, you look back to the last time, uh, well, the first time it was the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl to, to break out that perfect season. It was really the story of the Giants. I know it was Tyree Kill and down the stretch, and, and they made a few plays on offense. But really, defensively, um, Steve Spagnuolo, who was the defensive coordinator then for the Giants, he's now the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, I mean the Chiefs. So I think that basically, again, I think Green Bay's plan was pretty good in that trying to get pressure on, on Brady without having to blitz a whole bunch. That way he could still play coverage. And we've all said and all noticed the last couple of years, when you start to get pressure on Brady and construct the pocket, he starts to throw the ball either away or take sacks or throw the ball up for grabs. And that's exactly all three is what he did in this past game. He threw three interceptions uh, in that regard and probably should have thrown a fourth um, had it not gotten dropped by the defensive back there for, for Green Bay. And I, And if you look at it, it's not Brady that won this game, I don't think. I think it's Tampa Bay's defense, some timely running, some plays by Brady Shore. Um, but I think that would be my formula if I was the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got a good enough front seven to, I think, slow down Tampa Bay's running game. And by getting pressure on Brady and constricting that pocket, I think that gives them their best recipe in the back end to slow down the passing game. Yeah, I, I agree, Eric. It, it was that Super Bowl. It, it was a... a Spectacular job by Spagnuolo and the Giants defense with that, with Strahan and that that front four, what what they were able to do to get pressure on him without having to blitz, was was the key. And they got a lot of pressure um, internal. It wasn't the edge rushers. It was more the push they got in the middle, which didn't allow Brady to step up. So they can do that. Um, it, it's it's going to be big for for Kansas City. Uh, you know the running game for. For Tampa Bay is going to be the key, and that's going to be the interesting part to see if Kansas City, which I think they can, stop the running game um, from Tampa Bay. Because if Tampa Bay doesn't have any sort of running game, it's going to be difficult for Brady. To, I don't know if Brady can throw it and go toe to toe throwing the ball with Patrick Mahomes and, and Tampa Bay win the game. I agree. I agree, Rodney. I think Fournette and, and Jones are going to have to play a big role for Tampa Bay to move the ball consistently, consistently, but. I think Spagnola has done a great job with that defense in Kansas City, and I never seen defensive backs cover one on one, stick on glue like they stick to the receivers of uh, of Buffalo last week. So they're going to give the receivers, they're going to give Evans and uh, Godwin some fits back there because they play such great man to man coverage. But if they can run the football, that will open up things, will loosen up things. But you know, Tampa Bay is so pragmatic about how they approach their offense. So just game plan and 
and, you know, just pick and choose what they want to run. Kansas City is so wide open. It's just so much more versatile, more weapons. Uh, offensively speaking, I think Kansas City is, is far, far above heads, shoulders above Tampa Bay. But anything can happen if their defense steps up. But again, to answer your question, Bob, Spagnola's got, he knows Brady and from Super Bowl when the Giants beat him in, in New England. So you'll see some of that, and I'm sure, in this game. So you guys are discounting the Brady factor then, how huh? the fact that uh, manifest destiny, I might call it, the fact that here, you know, first time home field advantage, Tom Brady's 10th could be, does he retire after this year? You think? I don't think, time? I don't no. think he's had too good a he's year. Good. Yeah. And he's playing too well and they've got too good of a young team all around him. And, um, I, you know, I think to go back to what like Vince was talking about, in terms of Tampa Bay's running game, as we mo- remarked a few weeks ago, Bob, um, I'm right now forgetting what game it was, but like, might I can't remember. Anyway, it might have been Fournette. the Saints. It was the Saints game. Yep. Yeah, nobody in that secondary wanted to tackle Fournette or Ronald Jones. I mean, those guys, when they get past four or five yards and it's a safety coming up, um, by the fourth quarter, that safety didn't want to come up. Well, Fournette and, looks like the old Fournette uh, when I watched him in uh, uh, the, yeah. uh, the NFC Championship game. He looked like the Fournette that, who was originally drafted. Yeah, the touchdown run he had um, was classic Fournette, you know, making people miss and then also having the power game as well to get in the end zone. They're going to need every bit of that from him and from Ronald Jones, as Vince said. Uh, but I, I just – I just think that the, the Kansas City, uh, they have so many, and they put so much pressure. The God forbid Tampa Bay gets behind in this game. And I'm not discounting the, the Brady factor because, look, every time you try to discount the Brady factor, he does something to say, okay, that's why he's the best in the business. So there's always, you always got a chance. And I think that's more than anything what happened in Tampa because you're right, Eric. I don't think he played tremendously well, especially in the second half. But he brought a culture into that building. He brought an attitude into that building that they believe in this guy. They believe they can win. And so you can't ever discount that. I agree, Rodney. And, and, you know, they've got a great offensive line. I mean, Stetson, that's center, and they they just want to just bury guys. They want to just blow them right off the ball. And they're, they're capable of doing whatever. When you have an offensive line in front of you like that, boy, I tell you what, you can you can climb mountains with that, with that kind of offensive line. So that's going to make it tough. That's going to make it tough. But, you know, you're right about Brady. He steps up. He'll deliver the ball and the receivers, even when they played the Saints. Godwin in the end zone, long passes. The ball's right on the money. He's going back to the sideline, talking to his receivers, saying, boys, be ready, man, because that ball's going to be there. That ball's coming out, and it's going to be on the money. So he catch the ball. And it's contagious, you know, and so – that's why they play the game, Bob. You know, so this, this would be a good game. Well, before we get to the game predictions, I want to play a little prediction sideways. Um, question for Eric. Who will be the first guy to run up to the sideline cameras with his teammates and do that big grin for the TV cameras? I wonder if I said Tom Brady. <laughs> 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 all right. So I think we can all agree that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> if he ever had it in him, which I probably don't think he ever did, it's probably gone by now. And I think, you know, I think, okay, early on, who, who potentially could make a big splash in a big way? 
Okay, Tyreek Hill. We all remember him going, running up and hopping over the railing this year after making a what a touchdown, jumping up in the stands and like standing up in the seats. Um, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. With I don't think he's going to be thinking that thought. But uh, then I think about with on Tampa side, Ronald Jones, good tough young running back. What if he rips off a twenty-yard run plus to start the game? That's a guy I think emotionally that would kind of maybe ask for the camera or talk to the camera, find the camera and try to, you know, uh, incite his team, the crowd, whoever, um, that, that would be my pick, Ronald Jones. Question for Vince, which player is going to score first? Holy, I'd, I'd have, I don't think the Kansas city team is going to jump off to a slow start. I think they're going to be right, right off the bat. They're going to come right out of the shoot. So I, I'd say, Whoa, man, Kelsey, if they get the ball down close to the goal line, it's probably going to be Travis Kelsey. If it's if it's a long run or a long pass, it's Tyreek Hill. So it's, uh, you know what, 190 yards, both those guys together collectively last week, 119 yards the, the game before. It's got to be one of those two guys. I'll say Tyreek Hill. Okay, you got it. And Rodney, okay, who will commit the first penalty and at what position will he play? Oh, the first penalty – will be committed by, and, and this was my guy for every one of these questions, so just so you know. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger is the guy who's going to commit the first penalty. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be pass aggressive. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a pass interference, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He's going to complain about it. And I, I would say he, he would make a big play and be the first one to find the camera, too, in that respect. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I'm going with the Honey Badger. He's going to be overly aggressive, overly hyped. He's going to be uh, – He's going to be draped. He's going to have a, a matchup with Gronk, and I think it's going to be a, a pass interference on the Honey Badger. Pass interference was the first thing I was thinking of. The other thing I yeah. thought of was nervousness and an alignment. You know, first play, maybe second play, jumps a little offside or, you know, moves too quickly. But I'm, I'm kind of in agree with uh, on the uh, – I would have settled on the – Pass interference as well. Okay, let's get to the predictions of the game. Winner and point spreads, please. Rodney. Well, I'm um, as great a story as it is for Brady and how great it would be for him to finish this thing off and, and, and win his 10th Super Bowl in 21 years. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I kind of went into this thinking that, th that he needed a year under his belt, which, by the way, is incredible that not having an offseason in a pandemic, going to a new team – to be able to do what he did was is obviously incredible. But I just think Kansas City, too many weapons, too much scoring. Uh, Tampa Bay is forced to play catch-up, which forces Brady to throw some errant passes. I think this is a comfortable win for Kansas City. I'm going 35-20 Kansas City. I'm going to say um, uh, Kansas City 38, uh, Tampa Bay 17. I'm going to stay with Rodney. I think it will be a pretty decisive win for Kansas City. Eric, all I have to say is, oh, no, because I think I'm jumping on the same bandwagon. And to me, that makes me nervous. <laughs> so, like, OK, remember last year after the Super Bowl, OK, they win and they've had the great season they've had. They come from behind to win again. And then, um, you know, everyone starts talking about how great, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is at this young stage of his career. You've got one of the youngest teams in the NFL with the Chiefs um, and what seems to be such a much more talented team than all the rest. 
and you got one of the great play callers in Andy Reid, and everyone's talking about a 10-year dynasty. Well, here we are back the next year at the Super Bowl. Kansas City is a part of it again. So I think that I'm going to go with Kansas City, too, probably to my own demise, and say that they're going to win 34-24. Okay, my turn. All right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a news guy, okay, and a writer, and I, I look at this thing a little differently. I, I, I think I'm, I'm thinking it's this way that it's been such a great NFL season. We've been through so much. All the hype is there. And this Super Bowl is going to be anticlimactic. And I think it's going to be Tom Brady, as much as I hate to say that. Um, Steeler fan in me keeps coming out. Um, I think it's going to be Brady. Finishing all those storylines is just too good a story to happen in a year that we're all going to remember for the rest of our lives and our ancestors are all going to remember for the next hundred years. And I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay 27, Kansas city, 23, a four point spread. You're picking the prettiest wow. horse in the race. <laughs> and for that, you're probably going to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I'm, I, I don't know where I'd, I'd lay a bet off if I, if I could, but it's like, I just, it's just one of those things as much as, you know, I would love to pick Kansas city. I'd love to pick Kansas city, and, but I just can't do it. It's just going to be one of those things. So, but uh, you know, I, guys, I, I want to appreciate all of you being here. I mean, this is uh, it's been an extremely fun show. I love being with you guys and uh, being the only um, uh, junior high school pickup quarterback in the group <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and oh, just having a great time with you. And I want to appreciate you and thank you all for, for joining us uh, for with Eric and I and just having a great time. Uh, tell the audience, uh, future shows right now after the Super Bowl, each week we're going to visit a different NFL team and talk with local experts, reporters about that team and the draft and its future for the upcoming NFL season. And we'll be doing a new team each week. So you want to be there to join us for that. I believe the first week we'll be in Jack. We'll be talking to the guys in Jacksonville, not in Jacksonville, but uh, the reporters from Jacksonville and also uh, followed up by the Jets and uh, Miami. So, and then we'll just go through the, uh, the teams as they come up through the draft. There you have it. Kramer and Brill fantasy football podcast and now video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, radio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. And now also you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way for Eric Kramer, for Vince Ferragamo, for Rodney Pete, myself, Bob Brill. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.